I want to dive into part two, part two of the perfect fit. If you were not here last week, I'm going to catch you up in just a minute. Um, but but uh, this, this whole series is about how are we individually and collectively called to discover our purpose, our individual and our collective purpose, and then live that out uh, with our lives. How do we do that? There are so many, especially folks in their teens and 20s and 30s, a lot of times are going, what is my purpose? I've got a passion. I've got a desire. I've got this, uh, this hunger, this thirst to do something meaningful, to do something important, to do something valuable, but I just don't know where it fits. I don't know how to find it. I don't know how to align what I'm doing with God's purpose for my life. I want to attach my life to something greater than me. I want to attach my activities and my time at work and my family. I want to attach it to something bigger than me. And, and I want it to mean something. I want it to have some value eternal purpose. So, so how do we do that? So this series is all about that. How do we fit? How do we find that perfect fit? Um, so let me, let me start today, uh, in, in part two by asking you this, how many of you guys love secrets? How many of you love secrets? Like if, if somebody, if I were to say nobody volunteered, like literally nobody loves secrets. If I were to tell you today, Hey, I have a secret for you. How many of you would want to hear it? Okay, so some of you like secrets. All right, you'd lean in. You'd be like, wait, what's, what's the secret? I want to know. My, my, my daughter, Eden, she's four years old. She loves, she loves to tell secrets. In fact, when she was, she's better at it now, but when she was a little younger, she didn't quite get the vibe, the concept of secrets. So she would say to me, she would say, Dad, I, I want to tell you a secret. Can I tell you a secret? And I would say, sure. So I'd go over to her and I'd lean down, put my ear next to her mouth. And then she would just mouth the words, but no sound would come out. She'd be like... And I'd be like, that's so secretive that like, I don't even, I, you have to, and, and I, I had to teach her. I said, you gotta, you gotta like say the words you gotta, so I can hear what you're saying. I know it's a secret, but you gotta at least kind of, well, so I explained that to her and then she overcorrected. You ever had that happen? So she's then, so then, then after that, she said, dad, I, I have a secret. Can, can I tell you a secret? I said, sure. So I put my ear right down her mouth and she's like, can we go to rocket fizz for some candy today, dad? And I'm like, oh, oh, man, my ear, like just about blow, blew my ear off. So she, she overcorrected. So now it was no longer a secret. It was an open secret. So in, in, in the kingdom of God, when Jesus was teaching his disciples, he often would tell them, I have some secrets about the kingdom of God that I want to reveal to you. I want to reveal the secrets of the kingdom of God to you. I want to reveal to you how to live out your purpose in a way that is connected to the divine purposes of God. I want to teach you how to live out a life that is not just some mundane, trivial life, but a life that what God has designed you to do is connected to what God has, has designed for this planet. I want to get you connected to the kingdom of God. In fact, in, uh, in, in the scriptures, he said this. He said, the knowledge of the secrets, Luke 8, 10, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. So throughout the New Testament, we would hear Jesus saying, I'm, I'm going to give you the open secret. You don't even have to put your ear next to me. I'm going to proclaim it loudly and I'm going to proclaim it boldly. But the catch is this. He said, only those with ears can hear. Only those with eyes can see. And only those with hearts to receive can receive. Now, his audience had ears, eyes, and hearts. But what he was saying is, if you're receptive to it, you'll receive it. If you're receptive to the word of God, then you'll receive it and you'll incorporate it into your life and it will transform you into what you are, into what God designed you to be. 
If you are not receptive to it, the words will, will hit your earlobes, but they will bounce off. You will not receive what I have to say to you. So today, what I want to teach uh, for the next few moments is, is from the word of God, the, what I'm calling the divine secrets of unlocking your purpose. These are the teachings of Jesus and the teachings of the scripture about how do we actually unlock the purposes of God in our life. And when I say secrets, they're open secrets. They are secrets that have been proclaimed by the scriptures, by, by the Lord. And, and really the question is, will we, will we receive them? Will we receive the secrets about how to unlock our purpose uh, in life? And I, I also want to say this. If you are not in your teens, 20s, and 30s, and you're going, well, you know, that ship has sailed. Can I just encourage you today? God is not finished with you. It doesn't matter how old or young you are. He can put his divine purpose in your heart right now. You can live out the last day of your life can be the fulfillment of the purpose that God has for you. So please do not discount this just because you feel like, well, maybe I'm already past that time in my life. No, you are not. If, if, if I said it last week, but it, you know, if you're not dead, then he's not done. You know, you know, he's, he's, he's working to, to fulfill the purposes that he has for you in your life even now. So let me back up real quick for those of you who were not here last week and did not see this extraordinary drawing. I'm going to just redraw it for you so that you get a picture of the model we talked about last week. Last week, we talked about this, this first circle being your design. How did God make you? What are you like? What are the gifts, talents, and abilities that he put into you? You need to understand what your design is. Some of you are designed to understand numbers and accounting. Some of you are designed to understand emotions. Some of you are designed to understand words and com the complexity of language. All of us have different design. We're designed differently, right? So in discovering our purpose, we need to understand our design. We need to see where that design overlaps with what we call desire. What are the what are the desires that God has put in your heart? Now, we have to differentiate these from the fleshly desires that we have for ourselves. But God does fill your heart with a longing and a desire to fill the purpose, fulfill the purposes that he put in you. So where does your design, your desire overlap with what we called last week demand? Where is the great need on the planet? Where, where is the great need in your community? Where is there a lack? Where is there something missing that your design and desire can fulfill? Because where these three things intersect is what we call, and you probably can't see this, so I'm just going to say it real loud, uh, is where you discover your destiny. This is your purpose right here. Where your design, the way God made you, overlaps with the godly desires that he put in your heart which overlaps with the problems and issues that need to be resolved on the planet that he appointed you and anointed you to resolve. Are you guys with me on that? Okay, so I just want you to absorb that. You can take a picture of that. You can write that out in your notes. But that's where we left it off last week. What, where I want to take it this week is, as we're doing this, what are the principles, the, the, the secrets, the truths that God has given us to help us employ this model into our life? How do we do this on a daily basis. So I'm going to give you five principles today and I'm going to, I'm going to crank through them. So if you take notes, please, um, you know, uh, get a pen, get a pad. Um, some of the, some of the content I'm not going to have on the screen, but if you want my, my notes, I will, I will email them to you. Uh, we'll probably put them online, uh, as well. So, um, so you'll have them. The first, uh, the first secret is this. You ready? Number one, never waste your pain. Never waste your pain. Somebody should write that down. 
Here's the thing about pain. We like to avoid pain. We like to avoid the things that harmed us and hurt us. We don't want to go touch that. We want, we want to avoid that. We want to ignore that. But, but pain is always a catalyst for, for movement. It either is going to move you toward despair or it's going to move you toward your destiny. It's going to move you one way or another. The pain that you experienced in your life is, is a clue to the purpose that God has for you. Track with me, somebody. Pain is often a clue to the purpose that God has for you. In other words, the, 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 the highest and greatest purpose that God has for your life is often informed by the deepest and darkest pain that you have ever experienced. Let, let me show you what I mean. Uh, in, in the book of Judges, we meet a guy named Gideon. And, and this guy has, over the years, become my, one of my favorite guys in the scripture because I relate to him. I, I just love, I love Gideon. Gideon is, is in the midst of a very, very painful moment in his life. Here's the, here's the circumstances where Gideon finds himself. The scripture says, when, whenever the Israelites, and Gideon was an Israelite, planted their crops, the Midianites, the Amalekites, and other Eastern peoples invaded their country. So every time they tried to grow something, it got cut down. Every, every, every time they tried to produce, it got destroyed. Uh, it says they camped on the land. They ruined the crops all the way to Gaza. They did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. All their, all their animals were gone. All their livestock was gone. All their plants were gone. The, they came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. So let me just give you the context. When we meet Gideon, he is actually hiding in a wine press in the ground, a deep hole in the ground. He's hiding, he's in a hole. Literally, figuratively, the, the dude is in a hole hiding from the Midianites and the Amalekites and the Eastern people because every time they pop, he pops his head up, they try to cut it off. So the Israelites, are, the scripture even says they're all hiding in the clefts of the rock. They're all hiding in little holes in the rock. I mean, these folks are, they're scared, they're, they're, they're withdrawn, they're hiding because they're experiencing great pain. The Midianites and the Amalekites are ravishing, ra ravaging their land. They're destroying their land. And so Gideon and the Israelites are hiding. The scripture says that an angel of the Lord came to Gideon in this moment of his deepest pain. Verse 12 says, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, the angel said to Gideon, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Can you imagine that? Like you are in a hole hiding. Your, your, your world has been wrecked. And some preacher comes along and says, God is with you, mighty warrior. You know, you know how jaded and cynical you feel about that in that moment? You're like, God is clearly not with me because look at my circumstances. In fact, that's literally what Gideon says. He says in verse 13, pardon me, my Lord. <laughs> He's very well mannered. Pardon me. I don't know if you notice, I'm in a hole in the ground. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Why am I experiencing all this pain if God is with me? If God has a purpose for me, why am I experiencing this pain? Why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did the Lord not bring us out of Egypt? I know the old folks used to talk about the miracles of God and the way God moved in their life, but I'm not seeing that. What I'm experiencing is pain. What I'm experiencing is hardship. What I'm experiencing is hurt. I, I, every time I try to move forward, I get pushed back. So where's the Lord in that, angel of the Lord? 
But now the Lord, he said, has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. What I want you to notice there is that, I I love this, Gideon is not ignoring his pain. Did you notice that? Gideon could have said, oh, hey, angel, yeah, things are great. I know I'm in a hole, but I mean, everything is doing well. So what's going on? I'm a mighty warrior? Okay, no. He, he doesn't ignore his pain. He doesn't deny his pain. He doesn't sugarcoat his pain. He doesn't whitewash his pain. He says, I'm in pain. He exposes his pain. He says, where is the Lord in the midst of the pain? But here's the thing. When you submit your pain to God, when you expose your pain to God, then God can use your pain to direct you towards your purpose. When you try to hide your pain, cover your pain, then your pain continues to, to cause you pain for as long as it's hidden. Somebody needs to get with me today. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. Because, because when we hide our pain and we keep it down, it continues to fester, it continues to harm, it continues to drag us down, it continues to keep us away from our purpose, it continues to uh, 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 corrupt our relationships with other people, it continues to create toxic thoughts in our heart and mind and toxic relationships with our family and friends. When we keep it here, locked down, I'm gonna keep my pain. And Gideon says, no, okay, I'm just gonna expose it. He says, here, here, here's my pain. Here's my, and here's what God does. God says, okay, I see your pain. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to use that pain to draw you into your purpose. If you know the story, the story of Gideon, uh, uh, God continues to draw Gideon deeper and deeper into his purpose until Gideon is, is literally defeating the Midianites. He's got an army of people. The guy who th- was the most fearful, the most terrified, the most in pain ends up uh, take, taking a, an army and overriding the Am- uh, Amalekites and the Midianites and thrusting them out of uh, the, the, the territory. Why? Because he exposed his pain to God and God was allow, allowed to use his pain to point him to his purpose. Is somebody with me today? Here, here's the reality. W- whatever it is in your life that has caused you the deepest pain, God wants to use that to direct you towards your purpose. When, when we were at the Global Leadership Summit this last week, there was a woman um, who, uh, her name was uh, Becky, uh, I wrote her name down, Becky Bender, Rebecca Bender. Um, she had been involved in prostitution. She had been sex trafficked when she was young. She had experienced levels of pain that many of us would never, could never even fathom. And at a certain point, she exposed her heart to God and said, God, I'm just going to you, give you all this pain. And she ended up starting a, um, a nonprofit called Elevate Academy, where she's helping to draw other women um, out of the sex traffic industry. And she's helping to encourage them and develop them and strengthen them and help them get jobs and work, and work to become what God has made them to be. But it was, the, it was the pain, you understand, that drove her to her purpose. A lot of times the people that work best in a prison ministry are people who have had a criminal background or have, had, have been incarcerated themselves. A lot of times people who are often the best at helping people through addiction are people who struggled with addiction themselves. A lot of times people uh, who become the best counselors and the, and, and, and the best therapists are people who have experienced significant emotional trauma themselves. And so a lot of times God will say, look, I, I, want you to, I want you to expose your pain to me because if you allow me to work on your pain, I can use your pain to point you to your purpose because I, I don't waste your pain. I don't want you to waste it either. Somebody say, don't waste your pain. Don't waste your pain. Here's the question I want you to ask and then I'm gonna move to point two and I'm not gonna spend as much time on every point. Here's the question I want you to ask yourself. What personal pain am I avoiding that I need to expose? That's the question for some of you. What personal pain am I avoiding or am I hiding that I need to expose to God and say, God, I I give you this pain. 
Okay, that's number one. Number two is this. Develop your discipline in the dark. If you want to fulfill the purpose of God in your life, you got to develop the discipline to accomplish that purpose while nobody's looking. Develop your discipline in the dark. Have you noticed that we all like result, we just don't like routine? Am I the only one? Is it just me? Am I the only one that watches the Olympics and I see somebody sprinting at a high rate of speed and I go, I really, really admire and appreciate that. But what I don't celebrate are the hours, days, years that they're on a track in some junior high school somewhere running around that track when it's raining at midnight. I, I don't, I'm not celebrating that. I like the result. I don't want the routine. Somebody should admit this with me. Otherwise, I'm just out here all by myself, right? We like the product, but we don't like the process. Come on, somebody. You, you, love, you love the final product, but when you have to think about how do I get there, that's not as appealing. That's not as exciting. There, there was a guy, we were in the office the other day and, and a guy came to deliver something and we were in a little meeting and this dude came in and, and this guy was like, he was like, um, you know, Charles Atlas. The guy was just muscles and he just looked all fit and tough and he comes walking in, you know? And like to the point where every, you could tell, everybody's like, dude, what, who is this guy, right? So I just, you know, in my way, I go, hey, like, how do you, how do you pull that off? I mean, how do I get to look like that? And uh, <laughs> we're all laughing. And he goes, oh, yeah. He goes, yeah, I just do about an hour, hour and a half of CrossFit every day. And I was like, oh, okay, never mind. All right, have a good day. See you later. You know, like, you, you know, you, we want the thing, but we don't want the thing to get you to the thing. Right? <laughs> okay. We all know David is the guy who killed Goliath. But what we don't celebrate, we celebrate him walking out. First stone, bang, forehead, Goliath dead. We celebrate that. Amazing. What we don't celebrate are the years on the backside of the hills of Bethlehem with a sling and a stone going, missed. Ah. Ah, missed. I mean, thousands of times. Thousands. You know, he had, you know, you know, he killed a bear and he killed a lion before he killed a giant, right? And I guarantee you, he winged a few sheep along the way. He probably dinged up a couple goats along the way. The dude had to practice. We, you know, he ended up being able to knock out Goliath with one rock, but it's only after thousands and thousands of hours of practice. So if you want to actually live out the purpose that God has for you, stop looking at the final product and start digging into the process. Start getting into the process. Start pursuing the process. Here's your question for number two. What routine do I need to develop to experience the results that I desire? What routine, what boring routine, what lame, boring, tedious routine do I need to develop in order to experience the results that I desire? Number three, address the current and controllable, not the distant and debatable. I just love that one. Address the current and controllable, not the distant and debatable. Do you know a lot of times we are not in pursuit of our purpose because we are obsessed over things that we have no control over? Have you ever, have you ever done that? Like, here's what we obsess about. What other people say, what other people think, what other people feel, what other people do over our past and over our future. That's what we obsess about. None of which do we have control over. We have no control over what other people do, say, think, or feel. We have no control over our past. We have no control over our future. What we have control over is what's right here in front of us, right here, right now. But a lot of times we will go and obsess over things over which we have no control. 
instead of focusing on the thing that we do have control of that is right dead in front of us, right? So, so when we were on vacation, my, uh, we're in a hotel room. We're all in one hotel room, all six of us in one hotel room. Um, and so there were two beds. And um, in the middle of the night, about 2 o'clock in the morning, the fire alarm goes off in this hotel Fire alarm, two o'clock in the morning in the hotel while we're on vacation. So, you know, I get up and like, I go out and it's loud. And so it's, it's in all the hallways and it's in your room. And it is the loudest sound that I have ever heard. It is so loud. It is, it will pierce your, your head. It will split your, and you, so it's piercing. So I go out and just to relieve you, I found out immediately that like somebody had gotten too much steam in the shower and it set off the alarm or whatever. There's no problem. Okay. So I come back, but the alarm is still going on because it takes a while. So I I, I come back in the room and, and it's still going and it's still going. It's so loud. And I see my son, Jameson, who's 12 years old in the other bed jumps up, grabs the TV remote, and starts pushing the volume button like this. <laughs> pushing the volume button. And you could tell he was still not, I mean, he was, he was asleep. He was asleep acting, right? So he's turning the volume down, and I go, hey, buddy, it's, 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 it's the fire alarm. Fire alarm's going off. He goes, I know, I'm trying to turn it down right now. I'm trying to turn it down. <laughs> and I thought that it would just end right there. But no, it went on for, I mean, it, it went on for a little while. I'm like, well, you can't turn it down because it's the fire alarm. I know I'm turning the volume down right now. Dad. I'm turning down. And he didn't remember any of this. He was like dead asleep. But, but this is what a lot of times what we do. We, we try to control things over which we have no control. And we spend all this time and energy. I'm telling you, like the rants that I see on Facebook and Instagram about things over which the person ranting has no control is just mind-boggling how much time and energy you put into that. Because there are circumstances right now in your life that you have control over and that you could address. And so maybe let's not focus on the distant and debatable. Let's focus on the, on the current and controllable. Can somebody hit me with an amen on that? Um, this is going to liberate you as you're pursuing your purpose. This is what this is going to liberate you. Jesus says this. He he knows that he knows that you are seeking to fulfill your purpose, right? But this, this is what the scripture says in um, in Colossians three. It says this: Whatever you do, somebody say whatever. whatever. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord. Let me just pause there for a minute. You might not be in your dream job right now. You might not be in your dream relationship at the moment. You may not be in the, in, in the dream career. The Lord says, whatever you do, whatever you're doing, do it as unto the Lord. Heartily means with all your heart. You can begin to, this, is, this was liberating to me, guys, because when I first became a Christian, I was so outside of God's will for my life that I'm like, how am I even gonna get from here all the way over to there? Like, I don't even see a path to get to where I know God wants me to go. I don't even see how to get there. Right? This scripture was liberating to me because it says, whatever you do, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord. So if I'm just doing something that's complete, I'm, I'm down in the ditch doing something that is so outside of my wheelhouse. God says, if you want to get over to where I've got you to go, I want you to work hard at what you're doing right now. I want you to do the thing that you're doing right now and do it for me. Don't do it for other people. Don't do it for the eyes of other people. He said, heartily is for the Lord, not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward, right? Lord's gonna reward you. You are serving the Lord Christ. Somebody is, so, this is, this is so valuable to somebody because you're so fixated on this 
right? I got to figure out where my desire and my design and my demand all comes together for my destiny. And God's saying, how about you just do the job that you got right in front of you right now and do it for me, do it with all your heart. And let me see, let me show you where I'll take you if you'll do it that way. Amen, somebody, somebody's getting, getting the truth today. People who focus on their future are filled with anxiety. People who focus on their past are filled with regret. People who focus on their present are filled with purpose. That's the way that works. Don't focus on what you are gonna be. Don't focus on what happened in the past. Get your nose to the grindstone. Right? Put your hand on the plow. Let's go do this thing right here, right now. Amen, somebody? Okay, number four. Oh, wait, let me get you the question. Let me get you the question. Here's the question you wanna ask yourself. What uncontrollable circumstance am I trying to control? What controllable circumstance am I ignoring? You get that? What uncontrollable circumstance in my life what somebody thinks, what somebody said, what somebody did, what somebody feels, my past or my future. What uncontrollable circumstance am I trying to control and expending a lot of energy? And what controllable circumstance am I hands off and am I ignoring right now that I need to get involved in? Okay? Amen. Number four, destroy the source of your distractions. Let me say it again. Destroy the source. If you want to fulfill the purpose that God has for you, this is one of the secrets. This is one of the principles. Destroy the source of your distractions. Destroy the source of your distractions. Anybody ever had fruit flies in your house? Anybody know fruit flies? Mm, fruit flies. The thing about fruit flies is, this is a little known fact. A fruit fly can lay 500 eggs in one go. 500 eggs. So if you have two fruit flies, you've got 10,000 fruit flies. You can't get down to like, I only have 10 fruit flies in the house. No, because then you have 10,000 fruit flies in the house. So you either have a million fruit flies or you have zero fruit flies. You don't have somewhere in between. <laughs> I'm speaking from experience because we had fruit flies in our house the last week and we had company coming over and we had to get rid of these fruit flies. And it seemed like every day there were more fruit flies. And my wife became fixated on getting rid of these fruit flies because there were fruit flies and you don't want fruit flies in the house. I wanna see how many times I can say fruit flies in one sermon. Thousands of fruit flies. And so we had syrup, we had honey, we had apple cider vinegar, we had funnels, we had jars with holes poked in the top, we had things with the cap and the thing and a uh, sticky thing in the middle, and we had, we had fruit fly traps. I would come home, I would pop over for lunch, and I'd see my wife walking around the house with a vacuum. <laughs> sucking up the fruit flies. For days, we were trying to get rid of these fruit flies. But we couldn't get rid of the fruit flies because every time we got rid of them, there was more, there were just more of them. And finally, we were having some company over and, I, and so we had some boxes from our move. We moved six weeks ago. Seven, six or seven, in that range. Anyway, there's still a box that we hadn't, just one box. I'm just gonna say there was only one box that we hadn't unpacked um, that was sitting right there. There were some other boxes, other places. But, and so I said, well, let me just get this stuff out of this box. So I started to pull some stuff, regular stuff out of the box, some sneakers and, you know, tennis racket, whatever. And at the bottom of the box, there was some potatoes and some oranges and some grapes. I'm going to blame it on the movers. Amen, somebody? <laughs> Let's just blame the movers. Um, and talk about fruit flies. This was the source of the fruit flies. This is like, oh, here we go. So what we had to do is take the box out, throw the box in the dumpster, right? And now we have no fruit flies, right? Because we don't just get rid of your distractions, get rid of the source of your distractions. Get rid of the very thing that's causing you to focus on things other than the divine purpose that God has for your life. 
Some of y'all got some fruit flies buzzing around your destiny right now, and you need to get the source of that out of your life. You need to extract that. Jesus said this. I'm going to give you this scripture. Jesus said this. He said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and everything else that you need, everything else that he knows you need will be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be given to you as well. Get, focus your, this is, this is, this is, this is going to get you to your purpose. Focus on God. Focus on God's purpose. God, what do you want? Don't even try to focus on the result. Don't try to focus on gaming the system. Don't try to fo- focus on God and say, God, I'm just going to focus on you. I'm going to get rid of all of the distractions, all of the sources of my distractions, and I'm going to go after you because that's what, that's the way to, to get to where you've got me to go. So here's your question for that. What distractions do I need to discard? What distractions do I need to discard? Okay, this is the last one. Okay, you guys ready? Last one. Number five, let your weakness become your strength. Let your weakness, I'm gonna close with this, Jason. Let your weakness, let your weakness become your strength. This, this, was a, this is a hard one for me. This is the hardest one for me. This is, this, this is one that I deal with every week. Every day I deal with this one. Like this one is just personal for me. Some of the other, I mean, the other ones are personal too, but this one is like right there. Let your weakness become your strength. What do you mean by that? When we planted one family church, we were called U City Family Church back in almost 10 years ago. In fact, you guys, September 19th is gonna be our 10 year anniversary. We're coming up on our 10 year anniversary. Um, it's, we'll get you more information about that, but we're coming up on 10 years. And um, I remember, it, you know, maybe week three, week four, week five, something like that. Um, it became apparent to me that, like, I, I couldn't pull this off because I was not, you know, experienced enough, talented enough. I, I just didn't have, you know, gifted enough, whatever. I did not, I could not pull this off. Everything that I was trying to do, it seemed like it was falling down and things were getting messed up and things weren't working. And, and, you know, and I am, you know, I'm a preacher's kid. So I grew up in the church. I know how to, I know how to interact with folks, you know, and and I could keep on the, the, the face like, you know, Hey, praise God. Everything's going great. You know, I'd be like Gideon in the hole going, what hole, you know, everything's great. So I'm, I, I had just kind of gotten to that point, though. It was on a Sunday morning, and I was standing right behind that screen, like right about, right behind the screen, right over there. And I must have had a look on my face that said, uh, I can't do this. Because, like, things had just gone wrong, left and right, just messed up this, and technology, and all kinds of, it was crazy, man. And I'm just standing there, and I, and I must have just had this look on my face, because this older guy in the congregation comes over to me backstage, and he goes, you doing okay, pastor? And I was like, and normally I'd be like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. But I, it was, I was too tired. <laughs> I was just too tired. I go, no, man, it's, it's not great. You know, and church was about to start. Like, it's not going great. He goes, what's the matter? I'm just like, man, I just, I mean, like nothing is working. Like everything's falling apart. Like you can't get anything to go the way it's supposed to go. And I, you know, and honestly, I just, I, I knew that God had me to do this. This is my purpose. But it, I might have been doing it wrong, 
right? So there was always a chance that like, yeah, you're supposed to do it, but you're blowing it. So it's not, you know, so I just like, I, I can't really, I'm like, man, I, everything is going wrong. I can't really get this thing. I can't figure out what to do. I can't make things go the way they're supposed to go. And this guy says to me, beautiful, because it's st- it stuck with me this whole time. He goes, hey man, you know, this isn't your thing anyway. <laughs> I was like, hmm. He goes, no, this is, this is God's thing. So, I mean, you don't have to make this work. This is God's deal. The Holy Spirit is in charge of this. Your job is just do what you can to the best of your abilities. That's all you can do. Just do your best. And God's, God, this thing rises or fall, falls on God's, God's will. If it's God's purpose, it goes. And if it's not, it's done. So don't sit around thinking that it's all on you. Don't fret because you don't have the power to pull this off. And let me just tell you, that was a, that was a, game, that was a shift moment for me. Because from that moment forward, I just, and I have to keep reminding myself, but from that moment forward, I learned something. I learned that it's actually in my weakness that God's power can shine through. Because then I can go, I can't do it. But if God wants it to happen, it's gonna happen. And, and I'm happy to be on the bus. I'm just happy to have a seat on the bus. Thank you, Lord. I want to be here and I want to do this, but it's all yours. So here's the way the apostle Paul, when he, when he was, when he was striving and, and trying to make things happen and spreading the gospel around the world, he wrote, uh, and he, he wrote a letter to the, to the Corinthians and in the letter, he describes one of these moments where he's t- asking God, God, help me with this weakness. Help me with this struggle. I'm, ha- I'm having all these, everything's falling apart, right? And you know what God said to him? I love this. God said to him in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. This is God saying this to Paul. My grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Oh, that should hit harder. My power, God is saying, is made perfect in your weakness. His power is made perfect in your weakness. So submit your weakness to him so that you can be strong. You can be strong through his power if you'll expose your weakness to him. Does that land for you? Are you you catching that? Made perfect in weakness, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. In other words, he's saying, I've discovered that God's power rests on my weakness. When When I try to show my power, then I'm competing with God's power. And God's like, I don't want to show up in the middle of your little piddly power. Your power is not impressive to me. I'm not going to show up in your power. I'm going to show up in your weakness so that you don't think you did it. You know that I did it. That's why he kept telling Gideon, no, you got to get rid of that, those guys and get rid of those guys. I'm going to trim you down to just a few guys because I want you to know that I did it, not you. So that Christ's power may rest on me for when I am weak, then I am strong. If you want to fulfill God's purpose for your life, then open your heart, expose your weakness to him. Allow him to work through your weakness. Allow him to work in the part of your life that you are ashamed of, that you are afraid of, that you do not want to expose, that you want to keep far, far from anybody's purview. And let God go, I'm going to get into that because my power can actually be made perfect in that. And when my power is perfect, then I can use you in the perfect way that I designed you. If you're trying to hold on to the reins, and empower your way through this yourself, good luck. You're just going to crash. And when you crash, here's the beautiful thing. My grace is sufficient for you. 
my grace is sufficient. Because you're going to crash. My grace is sufficient. You're going to let go of the reins because you're so weak. You can't hold on to them anymore. And I'm going to take the reins and I'm going to take you where I need you to go. If you try to take the reins again, you're going to crash again. But guess what? My grace is sufficient for you. I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to keep you going. Somebody today needs to just go, God, I, I can't do it. Cannot do it. Can't do it in the relationship, the job, the school, the, the purpose, the calling. I can't get it done on my own. And God says, good, now I can get to work. Now I can do something with you. Now I can do something through you because my power is made perfect in your weakness. Last question, where do I need to invite God into my weakness? Where do I need to invite God into my weakness? Today I want to invite you, wherever you are, whoever you are, wherever you are on your spiritual journey, I want you to invite God into those very corners of of your life that you have not exposed to him out of a need for control, out of a need to demonstrate strength, out of a need to demonstrate power, out of a need to save face. And I want you to know that God's got you in the very, very darkest, weakest, most painful parts of your life. And that's what he wants to use to take you where he wants you to go. I want you to to listen and receive. I, I would pray that those of you who have ears hear what God is saying to you today. If you have eyes to see, see what God is saying to you today. If you have a heart to receive, receive what God is saying to you today. Let him work in your weakness. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you with gratitude. And Lord, we know that you shout these secrets of the kingdom to us through the scriptures, through your word, through the spirit. I pray that you would allow these words to resonate deeply into our hearts, minds, souls today. I pray, Lord God, that that the truth of your word would just take hold. Just take hold, God. Take hold in our heart. Take hold in our mind. Take hold in our souls. And let us live this out in a way, Lord God, that would draw us deeper into the purpose that you have for us and deeper into the calling, Lord God, that you placed on us so that you may be honored that you may be glorified and that you may be praised. We pray this to your glory, your power. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. I want to close today by inviting you to respond to this sermon in a few different ways. One is what I introduced to you at the beginning, the, that, the bulletin, the QR code. Take a moment, open that QR code, and just let us know. You, you, can, you can do it anonymously. You don't have to put your name on it. You can do it anonymously and, and just let, let us know where God is working in your life today. Where do you need him to work? If you want us to pray for you, we will be praying for you. You can put that on the QR code. You can put that on the bulletin, uh, on the um, connection card. Uh, if you know, if, if God is working in your life, and we get these all the time, God's working in my life, this is happening, and praise God for this. We want to hear that. We want to celebrate that with you. So take a moment. You can fill that out. If you want to get baptized, if you want to connect with us, um, it, it just, just let us know. You can do that on the QR code. The second way to respond is if, you're, if this is your church home and you want to partner with us in giving and generosity, you can do that on that code as well. You can just link to that code and, and uh, set up your, your, your giving on our website and be a part of expanding this mission. If you're, if you're a guest here or a visitor, please don't feel any obligation to give. We just, this, is for, this is for you. We don't want something from you. Um, but if this is your church home and you want to partner and be a part of expanding God's purpose on this, in this city, in this region, uh, you can do that today by giving on that code. 
the third thing I want to tell you, a way to respond is through prayer. We have a prayer team in this side auditorium. Um, they're standing there prepared and ready to pray for you. So if you need prayer today, something about this sermon has hit home for you and you want somebody to pray with you, they're in that room waiting to pray. As you walk out, you can head right over there. They also have communion over there. So if you want to take the bread and the cup and really honor and celebrate the sacrifice that Jesus made for you, where he, where he was made weak so that we could be made strong, uh, if you want to take communion and celebrate the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, you can do that in that um, side auditorium. And finally, if you want to join me right after this session, uh, after this service for Next Steps, uh, se- session two of Next Steps, um, you can meet our Next Steps team right out in the lobby, and they'll take you upstairs in just a few minutes. We've got some little snacks, and we'll talk through um, what it looks like to, to begin to lean into your purpose and discover and develop your purpose. Would you stand with me as we close out the service today? I want us just to, before we leave, I just want us to one last time open our hearts, open our mouths, uh, uh, and, and open our minds and sing praises to God. Let's all worship together.